Hey, welcome back to another episode of Everyone is Stupid Except Us. I'm Ross. I am Sean. And as I was saying that, I was trying to figure out, do you call them an episodes of podcasts, or do you say welcome to another podcast? Is I it an individual? Episodes. I don't know. Version? No. Episode of a podcast? Uh, welcome to today's publication. <laughs> we'll call them publications from, from now on. Where we've got today's some... Uh, some new things that are happening, well, not super new, but just some updates on news. We're going to talk about, uh, well, the Oxford sinkhole that we talked about before. By the time and you get this, this will all have been news three weeks ago when I wrote this document. Exactly. And then also the aunt, <laughs> the, the aunt and nephew that were fighting over that chase, uh, that uh, that lottery win, that has apparently also been solved. Uh, yes. we're, we're also going to talk about the concept of work satisfaction at some point, maybe we'll see. And then, uh, a little bit of weird news is apparently a giant green fireball appeared in the sky and there was a weird update on the conversation of legalizing marijuana where a woman has, uh, <laughs> has come out and saying that she is deathly allergic to it. And so she's all worried about people smoking in the public. And then potentially if we get really bored, we can continue talking about the thing that we were talking about before we even started this podcast, which was the concept of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not sure if we've talked about that before on the show. Probably not. Okay. Well, fair enough. We may get into that because it's just something that it, it seems like it's something that we would both be into. And I've had so many people accuse me. They said, do you play D&D? And I say, no. And they say, well, you you should because it's just... Well, it, it makes sense. Like, it's it's part of the, the, the geek lexicon. And, you know, we went through computer science and you're a fairly theatrical person. So it's like, yeah, it's all the it's all the bits of the different things that I'm interested in slammed together. Mm. So you'd, you'd think, but I, I don't think. even know if I have rational. I don't have a, a go to sentence when people ask me about it. So I don't I have really reasons have a... why I don't play. I don't have any reasons why I don't want to play because I, I think I actually do want anyway. We'll get into that. All right, fine. Apparently we're going to talk about that. But first, uh, we've got the update on the Oxford sinkhole. It's a little bigger. It continues to grow. And apparently a parking lot is falling into it now? Yeah, it's when we last saw, well, when the videos that we saw before we last spoke about it, one of the gentlemen that was talking about it was a member of the Lions Club talking about how it was making it very difficult for him because, you know, people couldn't come in and partake of the services that the Lions Club was offering uh, because of the sinkhole. And now the uh, property that that building sits upon and the parking lot for that building have begun to descend into the sinkhole. So his inability to attract clientele, I think at this point, might be the minimum of his worries. I guess my, that. my question is, is there such thing as a geologist specializing in sinkholes? Because is someone coming over There's... looking at it and saying, well, I don't know. I haven't looked into it recently to find out, like, are we still saying, oh, we're not really sure what causes this? Because, I mean, it's sinkholes are sinkholes. They happen when water undercuts ground and then it starts to sink into the ground. That's... Mm. geologically how they happen but they can might they do scans of the underground area and find out how big the water is that far down is it do we have that kind of technology <laughs> i'm sure we do i don't know that anybody has bothered because i don't know that the expense has really is any is worth it because the thing is is it's kind of like you know it's a it's a thing that's happening there's not a lot that can be done about it at this point it's just it's wait until it runs its course, and yeah. then... Because it would cost $10 trillion to point the satellite at it, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, or whatever is going to happen. But, I mean, there's nothing that can be done about it. Even if we knew 
the final extent of it, there's nothing. I mean, it it's happening. The ground is going away. There's all kinds of like you could throw some fill into it. You could do whatever, but I mean, it's not gonna. I think they have actually tried that. They've been trying to dump fill into it, and it's like that's just going to the same place that all of the actual dirt that's supposed to be there has gone no. away. You know, it's it's gonna happen, and One it could stop carburetor. it. Yeah, it could, exactly. I could stop at 40 meters or it could, you know, so, expand for three kilometers. And so take if whole... in the last three weeks you've murdered someone in the Oxford, Nova Scotia <laughs> area, <laughs> have we got some great news for you. Good news. Here is your opportunity to dispose of something that you don't ever want found. And I mean, really, let's be honest. If you've <laughs> murdered someone in that area, I mean, if you're in that area, chances are you've murdered someone. <laughs> And uh, you, people have probably already thrown out like old bags of drywall. Uh, everything that they can't throw in the trash is already oh, in the sink. I don't know how to get rid of this TV. In you go. <laughs> in it goes. So much late night dumping must be going on. Yeah. Ross's Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> in other good news, the aunt and nephew that were fighting over that ticket where one of them, uh, how was it? She asked him to get it for her. Mm-hmm. And so he bought the ticket. And then she said, oh, for good luck, put it in your name. So he did. <laughs> and then, and then she said, give me 100% of the money. And he said, huh? And then she like sued him and they were blood relatives or aunt and nephew. So apparently uh, they've they've come to an agreement or there's been a court mandated thing where the judge says, no, split I, it, split it and yeah, get out of think, my courtroom. Yeah, they've they've come to they've come to an arrangement through intervention by the court, um, basically, because he he was willing to split half and half, I think, or something mm. like that. And she was like, no, give it all to me. And then um, basically he. Because he kept half and then gave her the other half and was like, this is what it's going to be. But apparently he's going to keep thirty five or 350000 of the $1.2 million and return the rest to her. Oh, yeah. So, so that's, I mean. I'm, I'm mathing. Like a quarter, between a quarter and a third. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's not the half that for some reason he felt he was entitled to, but it's you know still the lawyers sorted it all out and i mean that's three hundred fifty thousand dollars if you're a, he was like if somebody dropped, 20 year old man yeah if, if when i was like 25 if you would have dropped three hundred fifty thousand dollars, well i'd probably be dead from doritos but you know <laughs> it would have been pretty cool not by a lot of doritos trying to eat three hundred fifty thousand doritos assuming that enough each. doritos to fill the oxford sinkhole <laughs> Uh, in other new news, there's been an update. I don't remember if we talked about this one guy. Uh, here at the university that I work at, Acadia, there's a guy named Rick Meta. He is a psychology prof, I believe. And he got into some uh, some media outlets and whatnot. He became famous as being... Sometimes when you mouth off about uh, how people are being too <laughs> oversensitive about stuff, then everyone people kind people of... People get very sensitive about stuff. They do get very sensitive about it. But also on the other end of the spectrum, there's a lot of people say comparing you to Jordan Peterson saying, oh, here comes another brilliant genius guy who's brave enough to tell us that we're all being too sensitive. I've listened I've listened to them both. I've listened to both Rick Maida and Jordan Peterson. And first, Rick Maida is no Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I got to stop you there. Who is Jordan Peterson? Who is Jordan Peterson? He's the U of Toronto guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's very eloquent and he keeps very calm during interviews and he doesn't allow him to get baited in because people keep Mm. saying, so what you're saying is you're a raging sexist homophobe. And he says, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. And he just keeps doubling down on what I'm saying is if you want to Mm. do your own thing, do your own thing. Just don't change my entire world in order to do that thing. And there's 
And, and, and when I listen to him, I keep thinking to myself, oh, I'm agreeing with the guy that no one likes. And I'm sort of because you and I are mostly on the same page of maybe everyone or a number of people are a little too oversensitive about things. Like if you walk up to someone and you say, hey, and they say, oh, what's that supposed to mean? I think to myself, I should not continue having a conversation with this person. <laughs> yeah, because this is just going to go. They are looking actively looking for a way to be there's some. Yeah, there's people who are professionally offended mm. and just that's what they're looking for is they're looking for a chance to make themselves a victim so that they, that they can tear other people down for whatever reason. Yeah. And you get that a you get that those sorts of people tend to be attracted to a moderate to hyper liberal environment and much like you know like a university. Universities tend to be extremely liberal in their viewpoints and that kind of can cascade into these things where people will get offended if you say, oh, you know, did you see him over there? And it's like, you just assume his gender. And it's like, oh, well, you just did it too because you said assume his gender. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we should all be drug out of the street and shot. Yeah, it's, it's everybody who isn't that who doesn't subscribe to that person's we, uh, particular worldview. We may get around to the whole oversensitivity, insensitivity thing eventually, but this Everyone story, I don't like is Hitler. Exactly. <laughs> but what happened here was this guy, uh, Rick Mehta, he started making these comments because he was apparently feeling like he was being told how to talk and what to say. And he, one of the things that I think got to him the most, or got, got in the most press, was when he started saying that the residential schools thing in Canada wasn't that big a deal. Mm. Where Okay, so for the un uninitiated, the residential schools was something that happened in the early to mid-1900s? Yeah, a long time ago. It's when they, you know, the, the First Nations people were kind of, the children were taken, sometimes at force, and pushed into these white schools where they were more or less indoctrinated into white society in an attempt to make the population more docile by indoctrinating them into into the way that you know our ancestors wanted them to be right and there they then suffered not again not everybody which was his point but they did as a as a whole those children were generally abused mm -hmm. sometimes you know in very like they were all abused you know verbally and mentally and some of them were also physically and sexually abused in that environment so he got pretty mouthy about different things uh and then yeah his point was well you know not everybody that went through that system thought it was terrible therefore it couldn't have been that terrible and that's a simplification of his views but and i, I mean i'm gonna let you finish what the, the description of what the scenario is but it does boil down to the fact that some people perhaps rick meta in particular in this incident were they have the opinion that if I didn't see the problem or if somebody if I don't know anybody that had this problem therefore the problem doesn't exist and I'm guilty of that just to, to a certain extent with oh, certain sure. things yeah, mo most because of us at, white guys are <laughs> yes exactly you and I coming from the standpoint of white males in the ages of age range of 14 to 55 or 18 to 55 we have a history of privilege and we're going to not have experienced these things yeah, I mean, about like you know what what's the worst thing that has ever happened to you from the perspective of a stranger or an authority figure coming up to you or interacting with you um i mean in my life probably when i was a younger adult i used to get a lot of you know oh you're too young to understand this but i mean that's going to happen to everybody yeah, yeah. at uh, that uh, age so but my yes, story is I, like I, I, one never time a somebody... police officer came up to me and had a bit of a tone of voice <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes. that's, that's the that's worst a, yeah. thing yeah, it's like, well, because, you know, you're you're an, a young adult and 
in general, young adults are sketchy, you know, mm-hmm. but we had the ability, we had the, the privilege of, you know, well, as long as you're not actively, you're, as long as you're not currently drunk or holding a weapon, you're probably, you know, you're free to go, sir. Right. It's, but whereas, you know, a lot of other people from other ethnicities would not have quite as smooth a transaction with an authority figure that we have had throughout our life. Yeah. So... Yeah, getting, getting, oh, Jesus, uh, trying to get back to all of this. Rick, <laughs> Rick made it, made, made some comments, and then he, he was recording all of his, um, all of his classes at the same time, and then he got into an argument with a young lady in his class about victims, mm. uh, and women being victims, and mm-hmm. I, I don't remember all the details of this, but it, it went pretty poorly. But the thing was, he had been recording everything. And she had asked him to take it down because she had stated mm-hmm. some personal facts. Mm-hmm. And she's and so she says, I don't I don't like that this is online somewhere. So then what happens is she goes to the school itself and the school tells <laughs> him you need to take this down. And he's all like hell, freedom of press. Blah, and he's actively asking everybody to make lots of copies of it so that it can never be taken down because freedom of press is, or freedom of speech is more important. And that was when he started getting into trouble because he started going against university rules. Mm hmm. And it, it, it is partially a freedom of speech and uh, and an opinion based, assa- you know, assassination of character. But I think what, well, it comes what down to, to the com- universities, uh, to the university's advantage was that he started breaking school rules. Yes. And that's my largest issue with this whole thing is that he has tried to turn this into a uh, academic freedom slash freedom of speech issue when, in fact, it comes down to <sighs> some people like this professor, believe that their personal rights are the only thing that matters, even if they butt up against somebody else's personal rights. Because that young woman had a right to freedom that he was violating, but because it was his quote-unquote freedom of speech, he was able to do that, which is a huge, huge misunderstanding of what freedom of speech. Everybody says, oh, you can't tell me to not talk about you know, this particular opinion I have because I have freedom of speech. Well, freedom of speech protects you from the government, not from me. You have freedom of speech to be an idiot. I have freedom of speech to tell you to shut up. Yeah. And th- I you mean, know. that's one of the larger arguments that's going around these these current days. Yeah. But he, he, got in, he got in trouble and they finally were able to, quote unquote, punish him by actually letting him go, firing him <laughs> yeah. because he had broken so many <laughs> school rules. Because, I mean, for uh, nearly a year now, I think they've been pretty upset about what he's been mm-hmm. doing, but he hadn't mm-hmm. actually broken any rules that they could they could punish him for yeah nothing without there was nothing i mean i'm sure that you could use some sort of thing to get rid of it because there comes a point at which as a professor or any figure of authority you're using the captive audience that you have the paying captive audience that you have to as a soapbox for your personal opinions because i'm sure him talking about the uh, the reservation schools and other scenarios like that had very little to do with what was going on in his psychology classes that was one of the complaints that came through so he was given this letter by the university saying we don't like any of this stuff this is this is why we're we're choosing to terminate our relationship with you so he has this private letter from the university and he reads through it and considers himself completely oppressed by being told Uh about all the rules that he'd broken so at this point he's gone to the he's gone out and he said i was fired for for speaking my mind and everyone a bunch of people sided with him saying yeah Mm -hmm. this guy shouldn't have been fired and then he says and look at 
this letter they sent me. And he released the letter and everyone printed it and said, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you weren't fired because why you think you were fired. You were fired because you were breaking the rules. We, um, yeah. hmm. and his his backing got a little less friend. There are still some people who think that he's horribly oppressed, but it's just, uh, yeah. it's, I think there's going to be less of a lawsuit. It's, I mean, there, there's no real leg to stand. This is my opinion that. There's no real leg to stand on here because he did break the rules of a semi-private institution. Um, now, admittedly, there's still the gray area that comes in is the fact that Canadian universities are heavily government subsidized. So is the university's authority a governing a government body who is uh, oppressing his freedom of speech? Um, I, hope. I would guess no. I hope nothing um, comes of that. <laughs> no, but I mean that's the only that's the only possible wiggle room that a clever lawyer could come into, and for, as far as I'm concerned, because he clearly broke rules that were you know publicly posted, and it's like you're not allowed to use your classroom as a personal political soapbox. And I just and another thing, I'm not sure if anybody knows, like by by the by the professor's name, he he is, I believe, Canadian. But he is also a minority. I mean, he's not—he's not an old—he's not an old white guy. So I mean, yeah, I believe I, so. I'm—I'm I'm not quite sure. Well, I know—I uh, know him, and I know is. what he looks like. He isn't—he is not an old—he's not an old white guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not—he's not from Fisherman's Cove down the down the no. way. No, he's, I mean, he is, he is a minority, um, which is another thing. It's kind of sometimes when you come from a position of privilege, equality tends to look like oppression that I don't believe is necessarily what's coming into play here, except that he is, you know, a male professor. So he's used to getting certain ways, but this comes down again. He, we've had this discussion, you and I, um, just to turn this on, uh, to, to flip this on the other side, to play devil's advocate, because I know I'm, I'm pretty it's pretty clear what what side of, of the position I'm falling down on right here. Mm. But on the other hand, the thing is, is that there is such a thing as academic freedom and you you can't you shouldn't be let go because you exhibit or, you you know, you use your classroom or, or you you have your own personal opinions and your own personal things that you want to bring to your class. Um, as long as they're not interfering with the teaching, you should be able to teach in the way that you want um, to a certain extent. But and, and the thing that we've discussed is the university, much like most universities, uh, especially in Eastern Canada, it's it's a it's what I would term a almost hyper liberal environment, and universities in general generally are. Um, but so the thing is, is like he's he has a fairly conservative standpoint, um, saying things like you know people are too sensitive, and you know I don't know exactly all the things he said, but he seems like the kind of guy who maybe wouldn't fully be on board with things like gender equality and or not gender equality but like multi, like gender spectrum mm. and stuff like that he'd be like oh there's only two genders and that, that but i mean and that kind of he seems to have the kind of opinions that again i'm putting words into his mouth here but he seems to be the kind of guy who maybe wouldn't be completely on board with all of the new hyper liberal overly sensitive things that we were discussing before um however if he had a completely diametrically opposite position and was spouting very liberal agendas in his classroom would he still have been fired or would he be applauded you know it's kind of yeah, that, that is that is a tricky one i i can't i can't think of any examples of anyone spouting extremely li well, extremely liberal uh viewpoints there 
we, we have a, a public email system at work where everyone kind of sends a thing to everyone <laughs> on the list. You can send a message to campus saying, hey, check this out. So about oh, a year my daughter's ago, selling girl guide cookies. Oh, I got spare. I got old tires for sale. I got old tires for sale. Yeah, come yeah, check out this I remember. I remember. <laughs> one of the ones that has come up a few times recently is this one woman. I think she's a secretary in the arts department, and she has been putting up a lot of things of, hey, you guys should read this thing. This talks about how uh, the Clintons totally assassin character assassinated Donald Trump despite the fact character. that all the stuff that he's doing are totally yeah. right and I'm thinking mm-hmm. oh and then other people are showing oh yeah that that guy that you said you know this uh, professional and uh, expert in this whole form yeah here's all the reasons why he's a total zany quack and so they're just trading fact for fact or their own mm. version of internet evidence, which mm. has almost a 50% chance of being accurate and true <laughs> at the best of times. Well, so there's I, two options. <laughs> so to, to that extent, yes, the crazy, I won't, okay, not the crazy, but uh, say conservatively minded people who you know might think that, yes, you know, Donald Trump is probably the best thing that ever happened to the United States. Those people, they do exist. And they even have the opportunity to spout these things because I was reading it saying, oh my God, she's fired tomorrow, but mm-hmm. happily, I guess, she isn't. She can she can spout this stuff. She can say these things, and we can all say, okay, well, do you want to have a conversation about it? Because here's how I disagree, and here's some evidence to back that. And then she says, well, here's evidence to negate what you just backed. And there was a conversation, and I, I didn't really approve of it all, and I thought it was kind of stupid, but I guess I was sort of... I was happy that mm. it could happen yeah. and no one was getting flamed for it. So again, it comes down to this guy just, he started breaking a number of rules and he started uh, on, on his personal Twitter feed. He was telling everyone, he, he was spouting things like, don't send your kids to Acadia. They don't accept yeah. freedom of speech. Yeah. That's, and, uh, that's against I mean, that's, the, yeah, your, your terms of employment right there, buddy. That's not you've, good. You've burnt your bridge at that point. And to, to talk about the, the people who provide support to people who have these uh, inflammatory opinions? You saw the same thing during um, during the elections, the twenty twenty sixteen elections with Donald Trump. You saw a lot. His big most of his supporters were saying things like, "Oh, finally, a politician who tells it like it is." And it's like, well, there's a difference between quote unquote telling it like it is and saying things that other racist, xenophobic people. <laughs> also subscribe to like if you are a racist xenophobe and somebody is a politician up there spouting other racist xenophobic rhetoric you're gonna think oh finally someone that tells it like it is which means somebody that tells it like it is in my head someone who tells me exactly what i want to hear yeah somebody who tells me what i want to hear is precisely why he was elected because this... there's at least 50 percent of or whatever percentage 49 48 of voters that he got at least that many of percentage of voters are also xenophobic racists well this this was a thing that i wanted to bring up because we've dumped on trump a few times i wouldn't say that we obsess over it but one of the things that i wanted to bring i would to, to bring to attention was I have an idea of a couple of things about him that you could actually compliment. And one of which is his ability to tell people what they want to hear. Yes. He's really, he's, he's rather good. He's not amazing at it. He's rather good at reading certain types of rooms certain types of rooms and but the thing is is that a lot of politicians do that and a lot of politicians who we would maybe admire definitely admire more than trump like obama was amazing at going into a room and more or less telling 
the largest part of the population there what they wanted to hear because he's a career politician. Yeah. He would go in and say, oh, we're going to get the troops out of Iraq. He's like, when? Never. Never <laughs> he got the troops out of Iraq. He's been, that was his his initial position when he was first friends, elected, yeah. you know, eight years before he was finished and never did it. It happened a little bit here and there, but it never happened. You know, there's still troops over there fighting the same, the same war, same boots on the ground in, in Iraq and Afghanistan that there's always, always been, you know, it's, it's not something that ever happened. I mean, even, even Canada pulled back support for, for that oh, yeah, kind of stuff times. because and we're like, that was even under our conservative guy, wasn't it? Right. You know, well, the opening portion of it yes i mean a lot of it a lot of it did happen under under justin and you know i I wanted to like him i really did but the the longer it goes the more it's like it's it's becoming clear to me that he he, people don't subscribe to this podcast for political my my political opinions but it's becoming clear that he's a bit of a poster um, child he's a little bit of that he's a little bit of a of a pamphlet uh, of a brochure uh model he, prime minister. He, he does look like an eye stock photo of a yeah <laughs> of a young yeah. attractive like, prime minister like <laughs> and he's doing all of these um kind of vote grab things like oh i'm gonna put on a dashiki and go to this cultural awareness festival and it's like dude why don't you just fix i'm gonna wear phoenix a, i'm gonna wear a pink shirt and prance in the gay yeah. pride parade how about you I fix mean, the phoenix problem so people can get paid you know there's people in the public service who haven't been paid for 18 months you know good on him he gets along well with people he accepts oh, sure. everybody for what yeah. they are but dude he would make be a decision a wonderful person to have in like a minister of cultural something or other i, I want him as the head of my hr department that's what i Right? Him at. Yes. <laughs> He'd anyway, be great. Moving on. Leader of a country. Uh, this is, is going to be a long one. <laughs> it might. It might be a long one. But we don't really have that many other things going on. Uh, speaking of campaign yeah. promises, I'll I'll switch over to the to the weird news since we're into kind of the news in general. But the campaign promises of legalizing pot. This was this funny thing that I came across where a boy uh, this board is wrestling with this woman's uh, complaint ab- <laughs> about her human rights. When the marijuana ban is shot down. And I love this one because this is mostly, um, I sent this around and a lot of people said, uh, you know what this is? This is just people trying to poke holes in the legalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. They, they want reasons mm-hmm. to go against it. So this I'm going to go on record say, I haven't, I haven't read this. <laughs> but just from what, because this is actually you, you added this to the to the thing fairly late in the game, and I haven't I haven't actually had a chance to look at it. But I'm gonna go on point and say, first of all, I don't know that anybody actually has like a deadly anaphylactic reaction to cannabis. It might be a thing. I'm not a I'm not a weed doctor. Second of all. <laughs> You know what else is legal? Peanuts. True. There's people who have deadly dead anybody who's allergic to peanuts is deathly allergic to peanuts. There's not yeah. there's very rarely is it like a oh, you know, I get a little itchy or you know, oh, I get some <laughs> I get stuffy. No, it's like, you know, well, you might I, get a little if, itchy after you die in Yeah, like if you have peanut butter on your hands and touch a keyboard that I then touch, I will die. Mm. You know, and that's, but yeah, they're everywhere. I mean, admittedly, there's been kind of a war on peanuts for the last 20 years because you're not allowed to let your kid go to school if he's ever seen a peanut. But anyway, that's, carry on with, this is yours, you go. So this is, this is a woman, she lives in Ontario and uh, her condo passed a rule that, or at least they, they, they tried to remove the, the, the marijuana ban in the building, in the units themselves. So that now mm. someone next door can, can smoke. So this one, are you allowed to smoke tobacco in these units? Now that did not come up, but that's not something that she's allergic to. So basically it's no. this, 
this woman and here's my other favorite part is she uh okay okay so uh disc- in her late teens she's she's not late teens now the, i mean the, the information's in the article so yes she's a 38 year old woman <laughs> in her late teens she discovered she had a potentially deadly allergy to cannabis at a okay. party when people around her smoked up and oh my lips got tingly and my tongue started to swell so they took her to the hospital where uh, a specialist told her eventually she was allergic to cannabis and hemp here's my favorite bit this woman who also has severe allergies to latex Avocado, mm-hmm. banana, mm-hmm. and mango. Mm-hmm. Says she's uh, criminalized mangoes. So, uh, is there no mango or latex allowed in the building? Because I highly doubt that. Now, well, but I it's mean, not that... in smoke form. So now that yeah, it's become exactly. illegal, it's leaking into the hallways, it's, it's getting in the ventilation the system. Vents, yeah. And I can't control my environment. She said, and she's got an EpiPen with her, an EpiPen for weed with it. I mean, how uncool <laughs> must that make you? It you does, are not it's... invited to the good parties if that's your deal. She's not crazy. This isn't a stupid thing. It's um, but it's true. But here's the thing: you're gonna if there's I don't know how big this building was. Say there's thirty different families, like sixty people that live in this building. Say, and you, you know you're gonna infringe upon the legal rights of fifty nine other people because you have a problem. It sucks. It really does. But guess what? There's gotta be somewhere else that you can live that is de- designated as like a, a chemical free zone. It sucks again, but like, it's like, I don't know what else you can do because if you, if this building allows, I assume she's to, a non-smoker. Cause well, yeah, they, if this, with those kind of allergies, you'd almost have to be, yeah. but if you were the, if you, if they allow tobacco and alcohol mm. in a building, there is no ground. Yeah, once you can do. cannabis, once cannabis is legalized federally, there is absolutely no reason not, like there's places that you shouldn't be able to do it. I should be kind of like, like tobacco and alcohol combination of the two. You can't be, cause I mean, it's, it's, you know, whatever it, it is as uh, smoking is offensive, no matter what it is to some people. I don't want to like walk into a Wendy's and be assaulted with a cloud of cigarette smoke any more than I want to be assaulted with a cloud of tobacco or uh, of cannabis smoke or people with their stupid subaru vapes you know i don't want to be subaru with that vapes? <laughs> oh you didn't know that that's a, that's that's a thing everybody that that has a subaru is either uh, a lesbian or vapes or both there could be both yeah <laughs> so yeah i guess but the short answer of this one is if it is a building that allows tobacco smoking yeah you gotta mm, move but if yeah. it's a building that did not allow tobacco smoking i'm not sure if the legalization of weed should allow suddenly smoke to come through everyone's it ventilations shouldn't. all the time because you can't smoke tobacco you shouldn't be able to smoke weed. it should be that easy. if if you can't drink alcohol in an area like i don't know any buildings any like public adult apartment buildings i mean i'm sure they exist i'm sure <laughs> much like in <laughs> yes yeah yes sorry that's just really funny to me <laughs> much like in in university in the residences there was often a chem free floor or zone or whatever where there'd be no, like that's where the nerds would all live um because they didn't want to be have people smoking or doing drugs or drinking around them you know and that I... exists so i that must exist in housing units as well. There must be a way to, to do that. Or if there might not be in every town. I really don't know. I have never heard of it before. But in which case, move to a smaller a smaller building that has maybe one or two units. And then you don't have to worry about it. And if you're downstairs, neighbors are causing a problem, then I don't know. Move again. I don't know what to tell you. And, uh, it sucks. N- nothing makes me happier than when I'm looking for a place to live in. It always says, oh, non-smokers preferred. Or this is a non-smoking yes. bill. I love yes. that. I'm like, oh, great. It's yes. just not going to stink like you've painted the walls with ashtray filth. Yeah. So, yeah, moving on to our last uh, our last news story, which is up under the uh, yeah WTF category, is a giant 
slow green fireball over yeah. our province, Eastern Canada and the U.S. Mm-hmm. last last week. Well, not last weekend. God, when when the hell would this have happened? <laughs> Whenever this was written, uh, um, this happened know, like four in, weeks okay, ago. It happened in 2018. Yeah, it did. There's there's the there's the link. Oh, it's just but, the 14th. That's not that long ago. 14th of September. Yeah, on the 14th of September. If you go to that link, there's actually if you scroll down below the map, there's actually a picture of it that somebody captured. Ooh, um, I'm looking at the map. The map's cool as hell. Yeah, it was reported. Like I know my uh, my mother actually like messaged me and she said. Oh, did you see that 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 fireball? I'm like, well, you know, like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> how do you talk? Well, she was talking about it, and and it was like she was talking. She was describing it like it was a shooting star, and I'm like, well, that happens all the time. She goes, no, no, like a shooting star is like, and then it's gone. Yeah. Whereas she said this lasted like like ten or twenty seconds as it like streaked through the sky yeah, and it was like a, a giant time. fireball and i'm like well what could that have been you know and then like there was nothing on the news except a, few, a couple of things much like much like that um sinkhole original document was like oh there's a big sinkhole nobody knows why nobody knows what's happening <laughs> and i was like what the why does nobody understand it's like it's a giant fireball in the sky how come we can't tell people what it is is there more to this story or is it just that you people are lazy and want to get a story on on the web as fast as possible without actually talking to an expert but uh it, it was yeah, reported on yeah that, and that's the reason i'm sure i'm sure it, it was nothing you want to get the jump you, know, you, you don't want to be the last one to ha- have in the story yeah but it you doesn't see matter how that accurate where, it is. where the reports for uh if anybody's looking you can go to the amsmeteors.org site and it is event number 3604 and it shows people all the way from Boston up to North Sydney and one guy as far away as Quebec City yeah, wow. that reported seeing this thing and it's just like what is there now like 90 80 there's 89 reports so 89 different people that not that's not just 89 people saw it but 89 people saw it and then took the time to go to amsmeteors.org and record it this is so, so lame what's that look at all these usernames like it shows the 89 reports from different people, but there's no, you know, Pongmaster 9000 yeah. or <laughs> Killfish. Yolo Swaggins. Exactly. Tim, George, Melissa, yeah. Callie, Michelle, D, you know, Jason, F. I don't think that... Lame. I don't think that AMS Meteors allows you to use a handle like Taco420. <laughs> put, put up your avatar. <laughs> giant, giant bluntspliff.com. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, it, it happened. It was a giant meteor and really there was... It was... There's, there's no follow-up at all? There's been no follow-up for it because there's, I don't think that there's anything that's... I mean, it's it was a giant meteor. The fact that it was green says that it was fairly nickel-rich. It was fairly um, Piece big. Piece of a space so was, satellite or something like that, maybe? Well, I think it was just a just a space rock that just oh. burned up. But there was a lot of... I mean, it wasn't a huge space rock or it would have... You know, at least part of it would have made it to the ground. It wasn't like a Texas-sized asteroid that we had to send Bruce Willis up to drill a hole in. It was just a rock that burned up in the sky much like any other shooting star it's just that it happened and at a time when the atmospheric conditions were right to make it very because i mean you can tell from that picture just how clear the sky was yeah and it's it was just like a clear very starlit night and it happened at a point when it was very dark and it was an extremely bright and there was some i remember people were saying oh you know spacex was doing a launch at that time so it might have been one of their like uh one of the boosters doing uh, burning up on re-entry and stuff like that and it's like i'm pretty sure it was just a just a rock are, are we it is, happens is there more science now or are we just lazier as a people where we just look nah, that's probably not not aliens we no need to have conspiracy theories about being visited by <laughs> extraterrestrials space rocks happen i mean uh, you know because the fact that there's only 89 sightings 
It's because everyone's well, looking at their damn smartphones playing yeah. uh, Twinkle Cats or whatever the hell. Yeah, Twinkle Cats. But, uh, <laughs> like, the latest one. You know, the fact that, that this is 89, but I mean, you can look at a lot of other um, incidents on here and they have less than 89 reports. But, like, that's not just 89 sightings because, I mean, like, I know for a fact that my mother didn't go to amsmeteors.org and blog her sighting. You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of like good reviews versus bad reviews. You, you'll, you're going to have, your bad reviews are worth at least... 20 good reviews mm. because yeah why are some of these green and some of these red it's to do with their level of reliability i, I heard about it but i couldn't actually see <laughs> well it's like if you've reported other stuff that's been confirmed i think you get different levels and then the green versus red versus yellow is how much your um sighting your description matched up with other people's wow so so it's, it's like, in like imaginary internet points on Reddit and stuff. How many upvotes do you have? I did yeah. click the sign up button just to because I was curious. <laughs> and no, you just put in your first name and your last name. There's no place for cool yeah. nickname, username. Yeah. See if it's available. But I do cool love guy, 69. I also love the big button uh, up at the top. This big, huge blue button. Report a fireball. Report a fireball. <laughs> oh, Dalsim <laughs> might be in your area. Turn tape over, brother. <laughs> the other thing I did was I looked up Twinkle Cats on the app store. There's no game called Twinkle Cats. Well, then we I did. sense I sense an investment opportunity. Absolutely, the first Twinkle Cats. The, fir- the first uh, everyone is is stupid except us. Official game will be Twinkle Cats coming in 2019. Yep. Get on, on that, the Tom. U- Unity platform. As soon as we learn how to do Unity things, I got a bunch of books on Unity. So as soon as I read the other eight thousand books that I want to <laughs> read, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, moving into, oh man, I, in a weird way, this that almost segues us over into the potential work satisfaction. I don't know why. Something, something reading books. Oh yeah, well, I see what you're saying. I gotcha. I'm, I'm, I'm catching it, up. You mostly have to make that connection in your own imagination because it was sort yep. of clumsy. It's a lot of steps there, but we got there. <laughs> it, was, it was something. So complacent. Yeah, this this is kind of a paragraph that you, you, you went off on. Uh, have we traded striving for excellence for safety and low expectations as a as a industry as a people or as you and me because i would say as a people no as an industry not really but as you and me 100 percent. because i mean it's not hard to i've talked about again with with other people who uh, who, who may or may not be listening to this Vic. um <laughs> The Vic idea, I am, as I've mentioned before, I work for the Canadian government. I do IT work for the Canadian government. Now, the Canadian government, how they have their IT infrastructure uh, in terms of personnel set up, you enter as what they call a CS1 and the levels go all the way to CS5. Now, a CS1 enters the government. They're probably going to be doing things like um, Windows tech support, desk side, uh, maybe some very basic um, system administration backup sort of things. You're never going to be like a mainstream system administrator, but you might be there to help somebody who is. But generally, you're going to be doing mostly Windows desk side support. Oh, I'm, you know, my Microsoft Office won't print. How do I get on the internet? And those people tend, the, the pay scale for that starts at the in mid $40,000. So $45,000, $46,000 a year. Hmm. That is very high pay for that kind of work. However, you look at the other end, and if you get up to the CS4 and CS5 tend to be primarily management positions, although there is some CS4s who are what they call technical CS4s, um, who 
say a technical CS4, you're going to be around starting in your salary. You're going to be starting around like, a, I think it's like a hundred, hundred and ten thousand dollars $110,000, I think, which is quite a bit of money it's decent, to you and me. I assume it's you're decent. not entry you are level going to be responsibility did, at that what, point. No, you are going to be what they term like full stack development, probably with a whole team of other developers under you. It's going to be high end and for the government, high output positions you know it's not going to be goofing off sort of you are writing the software that goes in the helicopters exactly you are doing doing some pretty high level stuff or you're like doing like cryptography development or some of this some of this stuff that's you know very high level and you generally don't just slot in from from the street into a into a cs4 usually you at least are a cs2 that has worked their way up to a to a cs4 but the point is is that if you were in the private industry you'd make a lot more money doing what a cs4 or even a cs3 is doing Doing if you were the kind of person who wants to be like a high stress, high, uh, like a, you know, a high performance IT guy. Okay. So that's kind of where it comes in. When I say I have absolutely uh, traded the possibility of, of like climbing this corporate ladder as rapidly as possible and being someone um, like we've talked about it with our friend, Tom. Tom is what I would consider to be a very high level developer. He's very good at what he does. He seems to always be working and he has like this stable of lower developers under him. And I don't know how much he makes cause he's never come right out to say it, but I know for a fact it's more than he would make doing that job for the government, probably by a factor of two. Hmm, okay. So, it's so kinda... are we talking about the difference between government work and private work? Well, that's what I'm talking about because that's my, that's the, the where I'm coming from in terms of my personal uh, progression in career, because as in the government and much the same at, for yourself at the university, we have a level of job security that is fairly unparalleled. Yes. Nobody is ever going to come to us and say, you know what? We didn't make our um, quota for last year so we're gonna have to let three of you go it just doesn't happen like yeah. people generally don't get fired because stuff like that scares the crap out of me so you're talking about a, maybe a complacency in ambition but you have i have to, created to... ambition for security absolutely yes, like i so will never I well. make i will never make two hundred thousand dollars a year no never but my paycheck is secure I know for at least I know the next that I will years. make I know that I will continue to make a solid paycheck until I no longer want to work there because not not to uh, gossip too too much I'll try to keep it as vague mm. as possible we have a friend who recently revealed that their company has been uh, it was a, it was a funny little buy you know they they bought another company <laughs> and then the company that they bought kind of got got in charge of it and then they said we're closing your office mm -hmm. so he this this friend no longer has a job well i mean it's, yeah. it's gonna happen like six months from now or something like that but, but basically if you had any kind of oh yeah. i'll be here for 10 years no you won't you'll no, be here you for won't. six months and then really nice severance package and so they're being very good to everybody which is fine mm -hmm. but that one and, I, and i'm all like does that stress you out and they're like Nah. Oh. And some people, some people are used. To, some people can do that. Like that's the thing is, if you if you assume like I do, I assume and I think that fairly safely, is just like you. Well, I assume fairly safely that I will have my job until I want to do something else and go out of my way to make something else happen. Like yeah. there, nobody is going to tell me, you know, that this oh the Canadian government's shutting down, so we're going <laughs> to get rid of. It's like. No, I we're mean... We're going to become a Czechoslovakian province. They generally don't downsize in either of our workplaces they don't downsize except through attrition like if suddenly they said oh we don't have the funding to have i don't know like 
100 positions in this classification we can only do 75 they're not going to fire 25 people they'll just wait till 25 people retire over the next 10 years and oh, not refill those positions yep i yeah. just want to point out my joke doesn't make any sense because czechoslovakia is now two countries instead of just one. yes so we wouldn't yes. be a czechoslovakian province ever unless no, we're, they... we're gonna bring we're, well we're canadian we're gonna bring them back together they, they got they got back together oh I, I heard the greatest joke a few weeks ago oh it was some meme online that just said one day one day canada is going to take over the world and then you'll all and then be you'll sorry. all be sorry <laughs> I love I, just, I love the wording of that. It's too so cute. that's kind of the thing. It's it's okay. So yeah, it's as, it's, it's about comparing ambition with security. And yes, we do yes. have we do have friends who, and I, I wouldn't even call either. I Tom wouldn't even call or, them friends. No, I wouldn't call Tom <laughs> ambitious. He's but, not really. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say like he's not constantly looking for the next leg up. Yeah, I need but, I need to be paid the most amount of money. I think he's ambitious for challenge and information yes. and he, he he wants, wants to, to have the challenge of being the best at whatever it is that he's trying to do and i think that's where it comes in is if he's no longer challenged at a workplace he'll move on to the next but that kind of amounts to the same thing he's not chasing the dollars he's no, chasing he's, he's insatiably chasing, you know, curious yes yeah, he and wants that's to the learn sort of thing the that, and that thing and he... that sort of person is still you know by and large if they're in the private sector they're still going to be climbing that ladder and always getting that next big paycheck because because yeah, i don't think that kind of insatiable curiosity from a, a professional per point of view i don't think that would ever be rewarded or satiated in a public sector job no not at all that and that's one thing that I, i'm part of the uh the canadian public services um subreddit where it, you know you have a lot of people that'll go in there and some people just want to bitch about phoenix or whatever other stupid thing that is is causing them grief today but you get a lot of people in there that will want to talk you know about how you know oh i've got a friend that works here and he makes so much more money and he's much more challenged and stuff like that but it's like you got to make that trade and yeah. it's the best, reason they're making yeah. that much money is because they could explode the whole company could could yeah. go under Everything. and that's the thing yeah exactly we had a dot I mean, com like, burst a while ago yeah, exactly i mean and then the, and but like that friend of ours said the other day when we were meeting with them they you know it's he is an it person who's confident in his abilities and he lives in a in the largest local it sector area so well, he's not gonna have this a problem. away now <laughs> well, he's gonna, he's gonna get doxxed it's yeah, totally. hard. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? He, yeah. He's and a lot of our friends are like that as well. Like, you know, the two people who listen to this podcast have changed <laughs> jobs half a dozen times in the last X number of years, not necessarily through reasons of their own, but because, you know, they choose shit to happens. Shit happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you just need to find another job. And there's always another job if you're not, you know, you know, and, and public sector. What if you could consider where I work? Because technically, I work in the public sector. Technically, it's private at a at a university that's subsidized by the government. Uh, it's in there. Mm, it's, academia is different. It's not perfect either because the department that I was working for before, they, you know, someone up at the very top just decided, okay, that department doesn't exist anymore. But since they have that mentality of oh we'll replace we'll either replace you or not if you retire but other than that show up every day and we're, mm. we're cool you can do everything up to and including mouth off about residential schools and not get fired <laughs> until you double down works. on it and start bad mouthing your institution so as long as you're not bad mouthing the institution or going against too many of the rules so my department fizzled it it just dried up and they just sent us all to different places i mean we get together and that every works now and then sometimes like every... but not others 
like if you, you have sometimes that will work like for you, you more or less do the same job in a different office mm, and get, but you'll get I got, some I got people. A, I got a raise. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, and there's, there's some people who, that we know who have been there who, you know, for whatever reason, their job that they had was no longer required. So they said, we'll slot you in somewhere else. And then they, rather than fire them, they mm. put them in a job they knew that they would hate yep. in order to get them, them in order to encourage them to quit. And it, it's a really kind of sleazy yeah. managerial style, but that does yeah. happen a lot. It's like the boyfriend who, you know, no longer wants to be in the relationship, but rather than breaking up with the girl, will just start acting like a jackass in order to get her to break up with him. I have heard about that. Yeah. Things of that sort. Either that or I've done yeah. it myself. I don't really remember. I couldn't tell you. We are coming close to an hour. Do we want to go a little bit further and just talk if, really quickly about Dungeons & Dragons? If we got stuff to Dragons? talk about, then we'll just go. Because, I mean, this is going to... Yeah. I mean, we, 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 do, we do this. We, we yeah, try power, to, we try to mic through. check yesterday or the day before or something like that. <laughs> and we ended up talking for at least a half hour <laughs> a half about hour stuff that check. we could have talked about today. Check, check one. Check one. One, two. Perfect. <laughs> That's great. Hey, how about that Brett Kavanaugh thing? Yeah, <laughs> is oh you my like God! And dragons. Speaking of misogynism, it's a yeah. turntable over, brother. Misogynism and Trump. We could talk about the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, but I think we should do that later because right now they're in the midst of it all. And I don't know what that is. Good, because a lot of stuff is going to fall out from that, and we can talk about it later. We're not going to deal with the Brett Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court hearings and the nominations and all of the uh, sexual assault accusations towards him because those are huge. I'll, go I'll Google Bradley Cavendish later. <laughs> You know, Bradley Cooper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Anderson the, Cooper. Yeah, that's that's the guy. He's probably in it. Yeah. I don't know. I've watched CNN in a while. But uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Louis Anderson. Got is, it. Dungeons and Dragons is an exciting combination of storytelling, uh, character portrayal, math, and fantasy. I'd like, like to put out this is coming way out of left field for, for everybody because we didn't actually lead into this in any way. And I like to say that the point of this discussion, I started this discussion probably 10 minutes before we started recording. Um, you I just bring it up to, every few months. I do. I bring it up because I think... I, you know, I like playing games, but I mostly like playing games with you guys, with people I already know. Like, I like playing Magic the Gathering. I liked playing uh, the Cards Against Humanity and Risk and all these other games that you and I and everybody else that we know used to primarily, primarily very much used to get together and, and play. And it was a lot of fun for the social aspect as well as for the gameplay aspect. We've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I personally have never played it. And it seems like a thing that is kind of cool because it's like you can get into this role playing thing, which I guess I, I have a feeling once you got past feeling silly about that, it would be kind of fun. But my problem with playing Dungeons and Dragons is that there's a fairly high bar to get over, um, not to the game playing because the game playing is so freeform and it's like what do you need to get into it like a couple of photocopied sheets and a two dollar pack of dice but it's the social uh, getting over that fence because most of the games that i see being run and no i know for a fact this isn't across the board true most of the games i see being run have this high level of of entrance uh because it's run by people who have been playing with the same group for 20 years and it's kind of like well if you're not one of our crew or if you don't know the lore of every single fantasy and sci-fi uh, publication ever then you're wasting my time and blah 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 and it's like it's very comic book guy sort of thing i've seen that i've seen it in a slightly different manner where people have often they said oh you should come join our group and i've 
tried to do that. Or I've known people who have tried to join groups. They said, oh, yeah, I wanted to get into Dungeons and Dragons. So this group invited me along and we started new characters together. But then some one or another thing happened and the group decided that this newcomer was kind of dragging them behind. So they'd play Mm. a lot without them. Mm -hmm. And there was a weird exclusion of the new person. So they couldn't actually become part of it. Maybe there was a lot of social interaction going on there. So what what, what I hear more often than not, I, I know Tom has told me this a number of times, is you have to have the right group yes you have to have a group and, much like any game like it's it'd be no different than playing world of warcraft you and i could start a character today or you've complained this with me about this with me before is that you and i can start a new game in just about any online game i in general am going to have more time to play it because i am married but without children and don't have a lot of other things going on in my life what, what are you, you saying you have <laughs> you know you have family obligations and you have a lot more social and theatrical things going on in your life that, you know, it's like, it's all we can do to scrape together an hour and a half, twice, once every two weeks to do this podcast. Yeah. But it's like, I have three hours a night that I can be doing something else. And that's the kind of thing, like if, if we sat down and it's like, oh, let's start playing World of Warcraft again, because, you know, I'm a sucker for pain. <laughs> you know we'd be like oh yeah it's cool and we'd sit down and we'd play for like an hour and then, oh cool we made it to level four let's go do something or you know i gotta go make toast and then the next week you'd be like oh let's get back into playing that again let's get our level fours i'm like yeah i'm level 60 now yeah well, there was a penny arcade comic <laughs> like that wasn't it <laughs> what level are you now have you been playing without me uh my level is actually no longer uh, represented in numbers i'm partially fused with infinity yeah exactly like that, that line i wouldn't say yeah, I, mean, that... uh, I wouldn't say i get like mad or upset with you for doing that i mean i fully understand that my availability is different yeah, but it, it for something that requires because um... every time that you would say something like we started a game of factorio and then <laughs> the next day you said oh, I have hey, nuclear reactors. hey i figured this out i'm like oh cool man i wish i could i wish i was playing that right now that'd be awesome and then the day after that was another one. Oh, i got the the trains and all the rails and set up and i found oil i'm like i oh i really wish i was playing that was, I, I really wish i knew what he was talking about even <laughs> And it yeah. just, you you were able to play more than I was. So if anything, I am envious. All right, but it, it, I'm just and saying, I from could a, quit from a all game my other standpoint, well, Yeah, you probably should. Um, but from a from a gameplay play. standpoint, I mean, you're, you're trying to play something. And it would be different, I think, with Dungeons & Dragons, because it's not a game that I can sit down and solo. You know, I'm not going to go run, uh, you know, the, the, the Burning Chasm without you by myself in a game of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, there are solo campaigns, but why would I ever do that? The whole point (laughs) of playing the game is for the social aspect. And it would be like, if you, if it was a group that was consisted of, you need to have a group that consists of people who have similar levels of interest in it as you Mm. and similar levels of free time to put into it. Like if we, if we said, Oh, we're going to do this and we're going to run a game you know, sun every second Sunday or something like that. And we're going to do like two hours every second Sunday. I mean, that's very light for what a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people will sit down and play a campaign. If it takes 14 hours, it takes 14 hours, but that's not something that, you know, I'm not, I'm not 12 and I don't live on Doritos anymore, <laughs> but I've also heard that uh, the, uh, the storyteller, cause I'm, I'm always worried that about the storyteller, yeah. cause I want to know. Uh, about everything else where someone says here's hmm. the story that we're going to do and then we walk past this cave i'm like what's in the cave he said well it's just the entrance to a cave no 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 let's let's go in it let's let's look at it tell me what's in it yeah. tell me how long has the cave been there who discovered it first who planted the flag uh, who built the thing at the start what what race and there's on no planet? reason not to do that that's kind of a big part of 
D&D is exploring and, and building the world. And that comes down to having a good, a good dungeon master, I, I think, more than anything else. And I know Tom... Tom is fairly experienced again. Getting he back is, to, but Tom's, to Tom, he's so Tom's dreamy. Thing, I, I, I seem to recall him once saying, yeah, I'm a really good DM, but I don't, sometimes I just want to adventure. Mm. So I feel like you need someone who's not only good at it, but likes doing it. I think Tom kind of reluctantly mm. does it because he knows he's good, but he's, he's secretly sitting there wishing I mean, that he's he could offered, just play in the adventure. He's offered to run like online games for us before so oh. if it was something that we ever wanted to actually get into the only problem with tom is that being on the other side of the world his, the time zones don't often line up which is the same thing same problem we had trying to play war thunder back in the day mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah let's go play war thunder tom's like oh come in after supper i'm like that's like two in the morning it's it's i have to work yeah i'm a grown-up yeah i'm not if I'm not in bed by 8.30, it's... Uh, Play games of time ruined. all the time. It's awesome. Well, yeah. maybe some uh, afternoon on an evening that we record this. Maybe our next guest will be Tom, and instead of asking him questions and talking on the podcast, we'll just have a just have a live introductory D&D thing. That sounds terrible. Nobody yeah. wants to listen to that. Exactly. Now, Vic doesn't want to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of things that people don't want to listen to, uh, that yeah, that's pretty much us for now. We'll have uh, a lot more two weeks from now. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Sean and Ross, or you can send us an email. It's Sean and Ross podcast at gmail.com. I always state that like a question because I honestly can't remember. This is the other problem with D&D is if I play every two weeks, I will sit down and say, okay, what am I, a bard, a scorpion, well, whatever? Am I That's here? Why you, have a char- you have a character sheet with inventory and all that I kind of stuff. I won't read it in between. It. Uh, well, I'll, I'll forget the hard. details. I don't remember who I am from day to day. I got, <laughs> in real life. In, uh, not even in real life. No yeah. idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Which one am I? Am I Ian? No. Aww, no, you're not. Can. Check my beard. Yeah. <laughs> How long is my beard? <laughs> yeah. That's it from us. We'll see you next time. Who is moving into your place? Oh, no one. They were just storing a couple bags. Were they bags of kazoos?